So when we uh, went to sit down and get situated, the Annie Oakley impersonator who was dressed up as Annie Oakley, right? No, oh, she wasn't. She was, she was not. Just, You're okay. Me. Was In my just... mind, I dressed her as Annie Oakley. No, okay. she was just like Which an is, educator talking yeah, about so her. That, that's weird, but we'll leave that, that in the so podcast. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. Authors of Where Should We Camp Next, a 50-state guide to amazing campgrounds and other unique outdoor accommodations. Almost 12 years ago, we bought a pop-up camper that changed our lives and introduced us to the joys of RV travel. Join us now as we talk about where to camp, what gear to bring, and the best food to cook. We will also keep you dialed in to the latest RV innovations from people in the know. So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the RV Atlas. We are on episode three of our 12-episode fall season, and we have been doing, uh, we have been working on a four-episode suite, as I'd like to call it, on our big trip out west to Yellowstone National Park and to Grand Teton National Park. So we've done two episodes already. The first episode, we reviewed Under Canvas Yellowstone, which was lovely and amazing. The second episode, we did three days in Yellowstone National Park with kids. And today we're back doing episode three on Cody, Wyoming. And I think that it's fair to say that I tried to convince you not to go to Cody. Yes, you did. It's fair to say that you had a lot of um, opinions that you chimed in about, but this trip that you're glad we didn't follow. <laughs> I if if I was left to my own devices, I would have fouled this trip up royally. Well, we shortened it. If you listen to the other episodes, if you haven't, you can go back and listen um, in order if you want to. But um, it, you know, we had to reduce this trip significantly because of different scheduling issues, um, family scheduling issues. So when we were reducing it, you wanted to cut Cody. And I said, no. Um, and it wasn't because I actually thought that Cody was like this amazing place that I really had to see personally. It actually had more to do with um, the way our boys travel and what they enjoy when we're doing national parks. So I really felt like it was actually a really important stop to make in between two national I mean, parks. Are, are you almost suggesting like it was the down day in between the two national parks, like almost like the recovery day? No, in between? I don't think it's fair to say down day or recovery day. I think that it's fair to say when you take you know, three kids are three kids between the ages of eight and, you know, 12 um, on a national park trip. You know, if you just hike, 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 beautiful thing, beautiful thing, beautiful thing over and over again by day four or five, our kids get burnt down on that. Like I remember in the Redwoods, like they were in awe the first couple of days. And then by like day three, it was like, how many times do you say that is an amazing big tree? Like, it's a really big tree. It's a really big tree. It's amazing, right? And they just needed something different. In the past, our most successful fun trips of, as a family have had those like um, different kinds of activities that were not just hiking and beautiful outdoors. Like 
South Dakota, one of their favorite places ever with all of the, you know, the chuck wagon dinner and the um, four wheeler tour. And they love that kind of stuff. And I just knew that we needed to insert, you know, that kind of um, history or museum or chuck wagon, rodeo, that kind of a thing. If we wanted to get them back into National Park gear with the Grand Teton. I think part of what you're saying is that you are more considerate about our kids' wants, needs, and desires when we travel than I am. I I just know what works. I just know what works. Like they just do. They need it. Like they would not if, you know, I know they need a break and your kids may, you know, anybody that's listening to that, their kids may be different. Their kids may be able to hike for a week straight without getting sick of it, but not ours. The boys are, (laughs) the boys are good sports about hiking, but they don't want to hike every day. And I don't know many 12 year olds that do, but they're good sports about the big hikes that we do do. So Cody really did serve as the perfect stop in between Yellowstone National Park and Grand Teton National Park. And for Theo, it was his favorite day of the trip. Because they like that stuff. (laughs) They like shops in downtown. And gun museums and and history. Okay, so we're going to break down uh, where we stayed and what we did. It was only two nights in Cody, but we packed in a lot and have a lot of great recommendations. And I think the moral of the story is we really think you should find time for Cody when you go to Yellowstone National Park. So we're going to talk through all of these things in a second. But first, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Go RVing. Go RVing's newly designed website, GoRVing.com, is packed with all of the information you need to get started and go RVing. Check out Go RVing's Get Started tab to find information from real RVers about buying an RV, renting an RV, finding a campground, and a comprehensive first-timers toolkit. The Buying an RV section includes a complete guide to buying a new RV and tips for visiting national parks. The Renting an RV section explores your options for trying before buying. The Finding a Campground section lets you search campgrounds by state. The First-timers toolkit is a robust set of blog posts and how-to videos that will turn you into an expert RVer in no time at all. GoRVing's Get Started tab is packed with the content you need to become a more experienced RVer and have fun doing it. And this is just a small sample of the content you will find there. To find out more, head on over to GoRVing.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's talk about driving into Cody from Yellowstone National Park, because the drive in is really a major, major part of the experience. And we ended up not going straight from West Yellowstone into Cody, straight across the park and then straight to Cody. We went up and did Lamar Valley. Uh, We woke up early. We talked about doing Lamar Valley in the last episode. We did that drive and then we headed out of the park past Silvergate, past Cook City, these two little very little gateway towns. And I think it's the least trafficked gate into yellow. I think I read that somewhere that it has less traffic than any other entry point into Yellowstone. It sure looked like it. I mean, these were (laughs) like, (laughs) these were little tiny towns. And then we uh, got onto the chief Joseph, chief Joseph scenic byway. And the chief Joseph scenic byway is astonishingly beautiful. It's a really mellow, easy drive. And to me, it's just as beautiful as anything inside Yellowstone National Park. And it kind of makes me want to point out this simple fact. Like a lot of times we just think about all the beauty and all the wonder being inside the boundaries of the national park. And I mean, in some places that might be the case, but in most places, the 
environs outside of the national park are also really beautiful and tremendous. And I think that's why people talk about Yellowstone as like the greater Yellowstone area and not just the park itself. So I thought this drive was one of the highlights of the trip. Yeah, well, I mean, like lines are fake, right? Like the boundaries of Yellowstone are not like a real thing. So of course, you know, there's a lot in that area around it. And that um, is true down for that's true in the Grand Teton area as well, right? Like the National Forest, the Bridger, you know, Teton National Forest is, you know, a lot of people argue that it's more beautiful than the actual official National Park area. And you can actually get campsites there. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gone crazy these days. But So an ongoing tip that we like to give in the RV Atlas is to find books that complement your travels. And while I was in Yellowstone National Park in one of the many gift shops, I picked up a book called American Wolf by Nate Blakesley. And this book is about the reintroduction of wolves into Yellowstone National Park, which has been very controversial for years continues to be very controversial. And he tells that whole story. And he also tells the story uh, of the wolf packs themselves and of some of the really famous wolves that became almost sort of international celebrities. So it was cool for me. I was reading this book while we were in Yellowstone. And a lot of this book is set in Lamar Valley and set in those two little gateway towns. And so as we were driving through, I was recognizing places that I had read about in the book. And it really is like one of my 10 favorite book. So if you're going to go to Yellowstone, you might want to pick up American Wolf by Nate Blakesley. It was an it was an awesome book. Highly, highly recommended. You could also think about just watching some of the documentaries on the wolf reintroduction or the National Geographic has done, uh, you know, with your kids before you go. It was something that we didn't really do that much before we went. It was a really busy, crazy summer. And then when we got back, our kids were really into it. And we ended up watching a lot of Yellowstone wildlife documentaries when we returned. But you could do that really in advance and the kids would have better background knowledge. And and some of those documentaries, Stephanie, actually feature the same rangers and characters that are in the book. Yeah, I couldn't find the one that I saw years ago that was so good. And I was searching and searching. And some of those things just haven't been digitized like on the streaming services. But um, I have to track it down eventually for the boys because it was just an amazing documentary about the reintroduction of the wolves. So after making that beautiful drive through Chief Joseph Scenic Byway, uh, you kind of dropped down into Cody. I think that's fair to say. And we checked into uh, a deluxe cabin at the Cody KOA. So let's kind of break down the Cody KOA, which we've reviewed on the Campground of the Week podcast years ago. And um, we, we had somewhat mixed feelings about the Cody KOA. I think locally Location, location, location. It was in a really, really great spot. Um, The cabin itself was fine. Yeah. The reason why we picked this um, campground was because, again, knowing family travel and knowing how to kind of not get that burnout, one of the things that we also like to do is give our boys that kind of pool hot tub thing in the middle of a trip. Um, It really helps, like, just, like, let them kind of blow off steam and have fun and there's a basketball court. So really, even though this is um, not a, you know, resort KOA. It has a lot of those amenities like a basketball court and a pool and a hot tub that we actually felt would be perfect in the middle of this trip to kind of like give them a little boost, you know, um, after staying in more sparse, um, (laughs) you know, accommodations over at the under canvas that didn't really have any of that stuff. So, I mean, I think that that was 
a good thing. The boys did love the pool and did get into it a bunch of times and they did love the hot tub and, you know, but overall, um, I just didn't find that it was like a special place. It didn't feel special. I felt like it was a bit understaffed. We went well, at the end that might of the just summer. Be the story of Everett, you know, and, and yeah, it was a week away well, from closing or something. There are just two competing things here. The pool and hot tub were awesome, and it was really, really nice to be able to swim midway through the trip because we didn't stay anywhere else with a pool on this trip. And you're and you're probably not going to find many places that have a pool in Wyoming and Yellowstone National Park. And the hot tub was really a wonderful highlight for me because they leave, from what I understand, this is off the record, this is not official, they leave the gate open all night. So somebody told me they leave the gate to the hot tub open all night. And so Max and I, before bed every night, went over and and did the hot tub under the stars, under the moon. And it was really just like a beautiful, relaxing way to end the day. So that part of the experience was really cool. But then the cabin, um, the fridge was really noisy and clunky. Mm-hmm. And I had to unplug it because I couldn't sleep <laughs> at night. So thank God we didn't have we weren't traveling with a ton of food. Yeah. If we had been traveling with a ton of food. You would have had to deal with the noise, putting your earplugs. But yeah, I think that this is, you know, anybody that's listened to this podcast for a while has heard this from me a million times. Campgrounds like woke up and realized that they could charge hospitality prices for cabins a couple of years ago. Right. And cabin prices spiked. I would say between three and five years ago, over you know the course of time, cabin prices were not just like nor- like rustic cabin $99 rates, right? They became this sort of like hospitality rate of $300 a night in some places for 400, like- 400 Right, 400. Like, you know, these prices. And my argument has been, I feel that they have, you know, got- gotten into the habit of charging those kinds of hotel rates without providing hotel level accommodations. Like our linens were shrink wrapped. Like I had to make the beds. When I step into a hotel, I don't have to make the beds. Well, and after a long day of driving and a long day of travel to show up, you know, and it was, I we got in not to really, really late, but we got in and, you know, we were tired and we didn't, like, didn't want to have the, sh- the shrink, yeah. like, the shrink wrapped <laughs> linens were, it's an issue for me. And I've said me. this for years, like I won't stay at cabins anymore where you have to bring your own linens. I already like stop, yeah. knock those off this, but sometimes places aren't clear. Like I'll be like, Oh, do you provide linens? Now I will say that we've stayed a lot of KOAs where the beds are the Lake, Lake Placid is an example of doing cabins. Right. And well, I will and- say it a million times. Those beds are made with wonderful, comfortable hotel quality linens that you feel like a little and luxurious. The price in. is not outrageous there. No, it's and just, but they it do is it that right. it is that hotel kind of glamping you feel quality. A value when you get one of those, and you, I didn't feel that value here. So I'm just gonna be honest about it. I said we would have, I would have preferred to have maybe stayed since we didn't have our own RV. If we had our own RV, I would have stayed at one of the the state parks on the way in, <laughs> like on the highway. Well, they were there beautiful. are some stunning state parks. Yeah, so that uh, we like drove by. <laughs> they're in Buffalo Bill State Park. Oh my gosh, those okay. campsites were gorgeous. So Lakeshore Campground has. 37 RV and tent sites. North Fork Campground has 60 RV and tent sites. So those are options they too. They were right on the now, river. You, it was beautiful. They are oh. Stunning. Okay. Just yeah. as stunning as anything in Yellowstone National Park. So if Stone I had my RV, I would have wanted to stay there. If I had to stay in a cabin, I would have picked one of those like, um, you know, ranch, <laughs> you know, kind of cabin places. 
and preferred, like, you know, what, you know, like a yeehaw kind of a place <laughs> and stayed there instead. No, but let's, let's, for someone that did, might want, but of course you, I don't, you don't kind of full hookups in that Buffalo Bell State Park and Cody, Who you know, cares? I, a lot of people do. I, I mean, know. a lot of people want full hookups. So if you are thinking of Cody and you're traveling in your RV, here's what I would say. Some of the sites were nice. Some of them were very small. So you need to either call and get really precise about what site you get or just know that you might show up and have a neighbor really, really close to yeah, you. Yeah, they had. we were in the hot tub with a couple who were staying there because of the hookups. You're right. I mean, Plenty lovely couple. We talked to ton, tons of them. Parks. And they were like, look, we just want to be able to have our full hookups and sit here in the hot tub. A Cu- couple <laughs> other fine. things on this KOA. The camp store was well stocked. It, they were having 50% off of a lot of their gifts in the gift shop. So, yeah. you know, that was cool. Uh, there was a free pancake breakfast that was good. And it was right by the cabin area. And you just paid for extras like juice and coffee, but the pancakes were free. So that that was totally a plus. Um, the location, again, was excellent. It is right by the Cody Airport. For some reason, that's not a negative though. Like the sound of airplanes was not an issue to me. I don't know if the Cody it's Airport. It's a quiet airport. <laughs> it's a quieter <laughs> airport. There's a lot of traffic. But here's the cool thing about the Cody Airport, and it is like oh, really close. I mean, it's le- to less than a mile. I mean, it might just be a couple hundred yards away from the campground. There's a really cool independent coffee shop. Uh, location at the airport and you don't have to go into the airport to get coffee there it's like outside the airport and you just pull in and park and there's uh, plenty of parking and you can walk right into cody coffee roasters which was really really cool because we weren't traveling with all our own coffee we were relying on each location to get coffee so i went over there both mornings just a quick little drive and got coffee at cody coffee roaster which was excellent and then they also have a second location in town at in an old gas station so that was pretty cool too uh so that's the cody koa well you didn't mention i think one thing that is fair to mention is that they do have shuttle service to different things like the rodeo i didn't know that the cody koa does yeah i did not know that. and to a chuck wagon dinner that we didn't do but they they do have and you can buy tickets on site so they do definitely connect with the the community in terms of helping you almost like a con really it was very concierge with being able to do now we couldn't take the shuttle to the rodeo that night because apparently their insurance rider oh the guy's insurance ran out ran out the day before like the seasonal one was the day before so they weren't running it for the last week and just to, <laughs> so we didn't get to enjoy the shuttle but and you just can <laughs> for, for newer listeners of our podcast I, I just want to point something out here that's that's very much tied into this guy's insurance running out we have been doing these fly and camp national park trips now for, for four or five years. And our strategy has been to go right before Labor Day because our boys do not start school till right after Labor Day. This has been a huge win for us, visiting these crowded national parks right before Labor Day because they have not been crowded. But on the other hand, some things are shutting down. Restaurants were shutting down in Cody. Uh, the college students that typically work those jobs were not there foreign students because of COVID were not there. So there was a sense of the season wrapping up and ending. And we're going to talk about the rodeo in a second, but like the rodeo was more than half empty. Oh, more than, I mean, 10%. And we struggled to find food, but we'll get back to all that stuff. So look, the Cody KOA is a perfectly fine option. Do not go with expectations that it is an elite KOA. Yeah, because it's called a holiday. So I think that, you know, anybody that knows KOAs and goes, oh, resort holiday journey says it's a holiday, they might honestly expect a little bit more from it. And look, while the stay at the KOA was fine, 
Our time in Cody proper was amazing. I loved downtown Cody. I loved everything that we did over the next day and a half. So we're going to come back in a second and break down all the cool things we did in Cody. But first, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Thetford. Thetford makes going places easy by manufacturing top RV maintenance and sanitation products. And they've been doing it since 1963. Thetford's Aquamax holding tank treatments neutralize odors and accelerate waste digestion to prevent clumping, clogging, and tank residue all at the same time. The Aquamax family is Bronopollen formaldehyde-free, so it's campground-friendly and California-compliant. It's also proudly made in the USA. Thetford's family of Aquamax holding tank treatments have been extensively researched and treated safe for all RV and marine toilets, holding tanks, and septic systems. Aquamax is available in liquid toss-ins and drive packets in seven different sizes and in spring shower scent and summer cypress scent. To find out more, head on over to thetford.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Now let's talk about Cody, Wyoming, what we did in Cody, Wyoming. And remember, we were only there two nights and one full day, but we packed in like three days worth of really cool stuff. So the first thing that we did, and Stephanie, we did this right after we checked in at the KOA, right? We went to the Chuck Wagon dinner that you uh, reserved. So Stephanie reserved a Chuck Wagon dinner at the Buffalo Bill Center of the West. It's called Cowboy Rich's Chuck Wagon dinner. And I'll let you... Give it yeah, the this is the here. one that's like, you know, whatever, hosted or sponsored by the Buffalo Bill Center. So that's why I did it because I was worried about our timing and everything with some of the other options in the area. But just know that there are other options. And I think that some of them are the more traditional, like, go out somewhere, right, into the, like, fields or the woods or whatever and have your ch- like chuck wagon dinner. Like we did at Bluebell. Like we did at Bluebell, which was an amazing experience. Um, so this one is at the center. And. And um, it's hosted by, you know, Cowboy Rich, Rich, who has like award winning, has like won awards at different chuck wagons and everything. Third place baked beans. And they were so good. I can't even comprehend how they got third place. Well, the beans were honestly, I'm not like a huge baked beans person. The baked beans were like the best I've ever had. Like, they were like, I was like, oh, I would eat these kinds of baked beans. I'm like, I need to learn how to make baked beans like this. Because I, I, I think Cowboy good. Rich got robbed with the third, place, <laughs> with third fries. place. But his steak, also, the boys are still talking about his steak, you know, and he did it like medium well for them, right? He was like taking it off as people wanted different temps and everything. And they, and the biscuits, and then they had the cobbler for dessert. So it was, the food was excellent. Cobbler with ice cream. Yes, it it was it was excellent food. So like you know the atmosphere, it was really windy and like we couldn't keep the plates down. It was a and simple everything. atmosphere. It was yeah. just some picnic tables right. behind the Buffalo Bill Center. So if you want more of like the cowboy atmosphere, you'll want to do one of the ones that goes like out, like that that leaves from the um, campground. Now, what I would say though is I would have pre- I prefer this to a restaurant in town. There were some issues with the restaurants in town, as I mentioned. Yeah. A lot of them were closed. Then a, a lot of them also were bar and grill type places. And Wyoming has a wow, law. Wyoming. The boys were not allowed into the number so of restaurants weird. we walked up to and were told the kids couldn't come in because they had a bar there. Yeah. It was it became so, a frustration. I don't know the details of the law, but from what I what was explained to me, if there's not a separate dining area, like the tables are in that bar area and nobody under 18 can be there. So so like we we actually went to multiple restaurants along the downtown area of Cody before we found a barbecue joint 
that we that we could eat at on a picnic table. So, so that was frustrating. It was hard. But my yeah. point is, I think you should book this dinner. It's not yeah. in a spectacular location. There's not a wagon ride attached excellent. to it. The food was excellent. He talks about cast iron cooking. Yeah. He gives tips on using a Dutch oven. It was a really cool, fun experience with great food. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the next day, we went into the Buffalo Bill Center of the West. And I, Stephanie, I think you agree with me on this. The Buffalo Bill Center of the West was astonishingly magnificent. Yeah, well, yeah, there was a lot there and it was really interesting and the boys actually loved it. Now, this is what I'll say. It is impossible to really do everything in this center in one day. It's too much and it's too overwhelming and kids can't handle that much in a museum. So, and like, I don't even think adults can really. So here's the thing is I wouldn't have wanted to stay in Cody for another day in order to go back to the museum. What I wish we had done is gone in the first day when we got there for a couple hours because your your ticket is good for two days. Because they, under, they, they understand. Know. So I wish we had gone at like 3 p.m. before the chuck wagon dinner. Like we had gotten there, unpacked at the campground, gone and and gotten a little bit and of just it did done. One of the five right, museums. like one of the it exhibits. Is, it's five museums in yeah. one. So there's the Buffalo Bill Museum, which I guess is sort of the main museum on right, the history which of Buffalo we spent Bill. most of our time and in. I Stephanie I will admit, I knew nothing about Buffalo Bill until I walked through this exhibit. I did not understand that he was such a major founder of the American West, uh, a developer of the American West. And I had no idea he was like such a showman. He was almost like a a P.T. Barnum level showman doing these extravagant, extravagant Wild West shows all over America and internationally. The displays were really amazing to kind of bring this alive, all of the um, recreations of like the tent cities that, you know, were around about the show and everything and all the costumes and all the supporting characters, the Annie Oakleys and everything like that. So it was really interesting. And then we watched um, a live presentation too, you know, which was like, it was fascinating. Annie Oakley. Yeah. She was good. She was was really good. mm -hmm. It was really just an engaging, you know, I don't know, did we spend four hours there? Like ish. ish. But at that point, then you're like, okay, everybody's hungry and tired of walking around. And like, are you gonna go out and go get lunch and shop downtown and come back? No, right? So I well, we really, really wanted suggest, to see downtown. Yes, yeah, splitting it up uh, this into leads two days. me to a question for you, almighty travel expert. We did two nights and one full day. Do you think that Cody should be three nights and two full No, days? I don't. Like, that's okay. what I'm saying. I wouldn't have tacked on another day unless it was, you know, we were planning on going into the state parks or the, or we were planning on doing something like a um, horseback ride or, you know, like if we were, if we had added another day, it wouldn't have been to spend a whole nother day that no it would have been to do in a like something in the area outdoorsy around there or to go some people go into yellowstone from that area well we didn't need to we had just come from there so i would not have tacked on another day i just would have squeezed in more of a visit the day before all right so just like there's five museums we talked about the buffalo bill museum there's the cody firearms museum and these are all in the same building okay uh the boys loved that there were different like hands-on shooting games and they just like totally wanted to spend a lot of time in yeah because of course they're like you know eastern coast like jersey shore boys they're like what guns <laughs> yeah they were they were kind of mesmerized by it it's a whole different world and, and while them. the boys kind of did their thing there we went into the whitney western art museum 
it's small, but the collection is really impressive. I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch calling it a separate museum, but I was impressed. And then there's also the Drapel, Draper Natural History Museum. Uh, so it's an impressive selection of different well, the reason exhibits why they, yeah, slash Well, the reason why they call them different museums, in all fairness, is because I think they're curated and run by completely... Yeah, Whitney, the Whitney runs Right. This. So it's like it is actually maybe a small museum, but they are actually separate and distinct curations and collections. So just like the gun museum is a whole different. And then there was like a public radio booth. Yes. In, I was so glad you just mentioned that. Like, reco- and, and they were like, they were broadcasting. They do an NPR show yeah. on, there's a Yellowstone National mm-hmm. Park program that is produced and broadcast, I think live. Yeah. From oh, this. Oh, she was in there. She was the, the she woman was. was in the booth at I one took point a picture like recording. Because yeah. I want to listen to the show. It was so funny. Uh, it, they're smart in that sense, right? Like make it a huge extravaganza with all these different museums. And you mentioned the Annie Oakley exhibit and it brought back a funny memory that I had not really thought of. So when we um, went to sit down and get situated, the Annie Oakley impersonator who was dressed up as Annie Oakley, right? No, oh, she, wasn't. she was not. She was just, You're okay. Just... In my mind, I dressed her as Annie Oakley. No, okay. she was just like Which an is, educator talking yeah, about so her. That, that's weird, but we'll leave that, that in the so podcast. <laughs> Because I, you know, why she was handing out the pictures of Annie Oakley, and then so I sort of imagined her as Annie Oakley because she was personifying Annie Oakley. No impression. I'm going to stop now. Uh, But the funny thing is, um, she was getting a big crowd, and the seats were um, filling up. So I offered our bench to. I think like a, a, an older couple that came in. And so she noticed that there was not enough seating. So she said to me, she said, oh, sir, can you go over into the other section of the museum and carry the benches in? And, and I was like, yeah, sure. Right. But it was just like such a bizarre thing, walking through a museum and picking up benches from an exhibit and moving them to another room. But I did. And then some other guy helped me too. So that was a fun little memory. So after that morning in the Buffalo Bill Center, which was great. As Stephanie said, we got hungry and I wanted to do some like shopping and hanging out downtown as I always want to do. So we did lunch at Fat Rack's Barbecue and I thought it was good to very good with excellent sauces. You were a bit Everybody less else impressed. thought it was fine. It was, thank goodness we had somewhere to eat and it was good food, right? You know, look, I don't know about all of you. Like you can get a little like, oh, barbecue, barbecue, barbecue. And everybody's got, you know, putting out this amazing bar. Well, it can feel same, same, you know, when you travel a lot and you try a little, uh, you know, it's a few and far between places that stick out that are like, oh my well, gosh. We live in the land of average barbecue. Yeah, in so, New Jersey, we do. It's there's not great choices for barbecue, and we've well, been to the South think, enough to know what great barbecue is. I know. I think that the, some of the places around here now, like Jersey Shore Barbecue, and everything, like they're pretty good. Like you can't, I don't think you can like dish on them. They're good, but this is just kind. This was very like takeouty kind of. We sat on a picnic bench outside. They were very friendly, super it, friendly. I, I, you know, I give it a recommendation. I say oh, pop I, in here. Great for place lunch. for lunch, but we're not saying. This barbecue is going to blow like your mind. Not like the place in West Yellowstone that we mentioned in the last episode, yeah. which was actually truly amazing. I thought it was good. <laughs> Right, okay. Well, okay. Fine. So you thought I've both had were good. So I'm not... much barbecue over the last five years. Right? It's become a thing that I'm like now. I'm like, okay, seriously, impress me. Like I do feel like I well, need to be impressed. I have this whole thing <laughs> to say where, something's like, amazing. If I'm in an amazing location yes, and I'm do. eating, I just all of a sudden think that the food is amazing. You, it's called like vacation goggles. 
It's a I, thing. Have, I have major Everybody, vacation yeah. goggles. Like if I'm eating at a place called Fat Racks Barbecue in Cody, Wyoming, yeah. just because I'm in Cody, Wyoming, yeah, having an awesome day, I'm happy with on. what I'm yeah, eating. Yeah, that's fine. It's so, a good place. It's picnic tables outside. Fine. Yeah. Now on the main street, there were a couple places that were really, really cool, right? I mean, there's a ton of there's a ton of gift like Western gift shops, and they're actually a lot of them were good. They weren't totally cheesy. Like you could get Pendleton, you know, you could get Filson goods. Like they they had a lot of good stuff. But we, I loved the coffee shop called Rawhide, and that is separate from the one I mentioned by the airport. That's just a separate independent coffee shop. I actually woke up at six a.m. and went there one morning and read my book for an hour and had coffee and just took in the local scene. That was really cool there. And then right next to the Rawhide Coffee was an independent outdoor sporting goods store called Sunlight Sports. Uh, Think of it as a a family owned REI, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it. This was one of the best outdoor sporting goods stores I've ever been into in my life. They carried so much cool gear and camping equipment that I had never seen before from companies I had never seen before. They had outdoor magazines that I had never even heard of, which I bought a few of. So uh, we spent some time in Sunlight Sports and just I wish we had more family owned outdoor sporting goods stores. Uh, unfortunately, that's just not the direction uh, we're going in in this country, right? A lot of those family-owned sporting goods shops have a hard time staying open. Then we went to Legends Bookstore, a really cute, charming, independent bookstore. They did not stock Where Should We Camp Next. Oh, so no selfie of opportunity there for you. I, 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 yeah, you looked I was a little it. disappointed, a little but it was, a, it was a cool bookstore. Now, that uh, dinner that night was... Well, I would also say, you did not mention what a lot of people would like about Cody downtown is there's a lot of shopping like for things that other people buy, Jeremy, besides coffee and books and sporting goods stores. Like there was a lot of um, pottery and jewelry and and local artisan goods, um, clothing, boots, leather goods. You want cowboy boots? Right. Cody, there was a lot of really, this was not, you know, this is on a different level than this isn't like the kind of, what was that? Um, What's that? The town in um, South Dakota, uh, not Silver Dollar City. Wall, but where Wall Drug is? No, Wall. the one that you can go down and shop at all the trinket stores oh and God, everything. I'm, totally it's, forgetting uh, I'm the blanking name of it on it. But you know, this is, this is nice quality shopping if you do want to get like a really nice Wyoming souvenir. I wasn't trying to ignore them. We just didn't spend a ton of time downtown. So of course I go to sporting goods store, bookstore, coffee shop. That's the holy trinity for me. So then (laughs) that night was the Cody Rodeo night. And of course, you know, everybody, I I think that everybody that goes to Cody goes to the rodeo, basically. It is the thing. It's the thing. It's the thing. And when we, well, first of all, we were hungry before, and that was really the night where it, like, things kind of came crashing down with the food. We could literally not find anywhere to eat dinner We went to a Mexican restaurant that had right near the rodeo that had really good reviews. And we went and we walked in at seven o'clock because like the rodeo was at eight or whatever. So we were getting dinner right before we walked in at seven and she looked at us and she said, we close at seven. And the I was place like, was packed with there was like tons of people. Everyone's I was eating like, delicious looking food. Wow. And she's just <laughs> okay. like, no, we're she's like, closed. No, we're not feeding you. So we left. We went to three, four other places. I mean, we were searching for food. We could not find food. We even went through a drive-thru. A, a, a fa- I don't even remember what fast food drive-thru it was. Also it was. Closed. And it was closed. We were like, what is going on the here? The staffing shortage. I mean, think about it. Staffing shortages are bad everywhere. 
it, like in, a in place. Wyoming, yeah, I yeah, know, really which bad. already has low population. So we got a pizza at oh, a we got gas station. The last pizza. It was the last. It one. was one. We walked into the gas station that had like whatever Papa Pizza, you know, whatever out there. Little C, who knows what it was. I think it was called Dry Crusty Pizza, <laughs> and there was one pizza. They and felt we were bad like, selling it to us, and we were like, "Are you? Can you make more?" And they were like, "No." Yeah, and the thing There's is, like nothing like else how is many out. hours before do you think they made that that pizza? pizza and it was our only. The option. vacation goggles did not work on that pizza. We sat in the car, the rental car, which I think was like a minivan, and we sat in the minivan. And it like was the same minivan the, we like, owned. It was a Chrysler Pacifica. How could you forget? <laughs> dry, crusty. Like I think it was like three meat. <laughs> it was so awful. Three is it like it, it was, was like, like your it was like your night it was like your nightmare. And the it thing is, was the thing like, was it was a three meat pizza, but we didn't know what meats they were. Like, who knows a little now, square meat. Now to be fair, there is food at the Cody Rodeo. Okay, so we went to the Cody Rodeo. Okay, there's like popcorn. Uh, at the there, Cody I think Rodeo. they had hot dogs and All pretzels. Right. Now uh, we showed up, and like you know, everyone builds up the Cody Rodeo, and it and it it was really really cool. But we showed up, and it was empty yeah like we were the first i'm, I'm exaggerating a little we were the first people there, there was we were people. among the first 50 people there. it's a huge place and you really there were maybe dozens of people there so it's huge and there was like dozens so it really felt spread out and empty um it was an experience the i cody rodeo I, it was my first rodeo it was our first rodeo um i it, think for our eastern sensibilities it was a little bit of a shock like at the um sheer like violence of the whole thing like it's I, really I, rough okay so and you're like right, oh my gosh right. the animals so wh- okay we're not tough farm people yeah the, okay so the thing i will remember when they roped uh, oh, no <laughs> oh. not even that the violence of it i'm so i don't mean to sound like a soft little east coast it, boy it was hard it the was, boys were okay. looking at me like one guy got thrown off oh my and gosh. and carried off yeah. he couldn't walk and 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 actually it was more than one guy that got you thrown felt off and injured that nobody they, was paying attention well, I, to I, him you were like does anybody care they, they carried him off and they just dumped, dumped him, him on the sidewalk <laughs> it's a rough and life, everyone man. walked away <laughs> everyone walked away and left him and the guy was there moaning on the on oh like and, and and what i was tr- and of course that's all i'm looking at at this point right i'm not even watching the next guy and so all i'm thinking of is like is it just like a traditional tough guy thing that when somebody gets hurt, you just you you just let him have a moment? But he was there for twenty these, moments. These aren't—they're not newbies. I mean, these people. This is their life. This is what they do. Like, we—who knows? We're just visiting their world, and we were like, "Wow!" It, it, like it, it, we had fun, but it was a shock to our sensibilities. Like my boys kept looking over at me, like, "Oh my gosh." Yeah. We did best when they were doing like the races, like the Tabaro races and everything, because like that wasn't oh, like violent. The clown was great <laughs> the too. Clown. But that was even a little violent. It was one of those moments traveling where I truly felt like I was in a different part of yes. the universe. People who it's just like this that kind of event does not exist in our world. So it was truly a traveling experience, 100% out of this world, like completely different than anything we've seen. And now we can say 
this, this is not my first rodeo, I, I, I mean, right? Look, the Garden like, State Parkway is violent. The New Jersey Turnpike is violent, but everyone well, is... Well, the people that live in people, areas people like that feel here, that way about our urban areas. Like, yes. they, they, they're, we're walking around in New York City and we're like, it's so dreamy. We love it. Like, our boys are like, oh my gosh, it's been so long since we've been into the city. Can't we go, mom? And, you know, like that to us is like magical in a way that other people find it to be horrifying. Uh, that's, such a, that's such a great <laughs> analogy. I think that somebody from Cody... A resident of Cody, <laughs> lifelong resident of Cody, drop them in the middle yeah. of, uh, of Manhattan. Times Square. Would have a kind of same but different feeling <laughs> yeah. of just being no, in a imagine, world. right? Like you're in Times Square seeing the naked cowboy for the first time, you know? I mean, it's just a lot. And what is it? You can't take your eyes off that guy. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Something special. Okay, we're going to come back in a second and wrap up the show. But first, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Camp Spot. CampSpot is a free instant booking platform for camping across North America. Research and book the best campgrounds, RV parks, cabins, glamping destinations, and more, whether it's last minute or for your epic road trip months away. CampSpot lets you filter your search results by the type of getaway you want. Browse by location, price point, site type, amenities, and more. CampSpot also offers premium inventory, real-time availability, and a lowest price guarantee so that you can find the best sites at the best campgrounds for the best prices. Plus, you can save your favorite campground finds for future trips and keep all of your reservations organized in one place. No more digging through old emails to access those reservations. With CampSpot, they are always right at your fingertips. It is time to book those 2022 camping trips right now, believe it or not. To find your camp spot, visit campspot.com today. Welcome back to the show, everybody. So we are wrapping up episode three of our four-episode suite on our great trip out to Yellowstone National Park and Grand Teton National Park. So coming up next in the fourth episode next week, we will cover Grand Teton National Park, which was amazing, absolutely amazing. I, I probably liked it better than Yellowstone, but we'll talk about that next week. My final question for you, Stephanie, is this. like, There's a lot of people trip planning in our group right now and a lot of people trip planning for Yellowstone. How essential is a stop in Cody, particularly for somebody that might only have a week like we did? No, it's not essential if you are if if you are the type of person that is going to want to spend every minute in the parks. It is a great stop if you're the kind of person that wants to capture like the feeling of a region when you go there. If you are like us, you don't live in the West, right? That this is something unique and special for our boys to experience, then it is a hundred percent worth that stop. But if you are going to be there in this more city downtown environment, wishing that you were, you know, on another amazing like uh, hike in the Tetons. Well, no, don't go here, right? Like know that you're kind of stepping away from that park magic and having like more of a downtown, I, I hate to say urban, but you know, more of it's an experience. It's a pretty big downtown. Yeah, it I is. Mean, Cody's not like a tiny little yeah. hole in the wall. And it's going to be like events and you're definitely, and like a museum and things like that. And if that is your cup of tea, yes, make this stop it's worth it but don't do that unless you you know you want to do that because if you're going to if you're going to go here and regret that you're not in Yellowstone it's not worth it i think that if you want a full and complete national park experience like you just mentioned skip it because you've got yeah. two amazing national 100, parks 100% I mean, the, yeah. these, don't these regret not being the in the parks beautiful yeah. national parks in in the country in any country 
and they're right next to each other. But if you want a complete Wyoming experience, right? If you want to experience the state of Wyoming, um, I think you need to do. Yeah, uh, it's a, a night or and two the drives are beautiful too. So. All right. We'll be back next week and we'll be wrapping up these four episodes on our big trip out to Wyoming. Uh, We'll be back next week with Grand Teton National Park, and we hope to see all of you soon at the campground. A big thank you for listening to this episode of the RV Atlas and a big thanks to our sponsors. To Jayco, the Thetford Corporation, Camp Spot, Yogi Bears, Jellystone Park Camp Resorts, and our friends at Ocala Marion County in Florida. To find out more about the topics discussed in this show, visit thervatlas.com. And join the friendliest group of RVers over at the RV Atlas Group on Facebook. And if you enjoyed this show, please consider leaving us a review over at iTunes. And we'll see you at the campground. See you at the campground.